0: Hello fellow Robo RoboCapitals, hope you're well. In the news, the banks are absolutely crashing. And when I say it's time to panic, I'm actually not using hyperbole. If you have been sleepwalking through what has happened over the past couple months, now is the time, I think, to take action with your portfolio. Whether that's buying gold, Bitcoin, silver, cash, T-bills, whatever it is. I I can't give you personal investment advice, but what I'm doing making sure that i am risk off let me show you why let's go right into this article from zero hedge titled the stuff just hit the fan across markets regional banks are crashing just keep in mind this is after the fed came out a month ago and set up their brand new facility to prop up the banks to make sure that we'd never have another silicon valley bank we'd never have another signature bank and what do we have a month later first republic or whatever it is bust last weekend if if the fed's toolkit is so amazing if this facility they set up is so incredible if it's if if, if it's this backstop to the banking system this new facility the discount window repo etc then what happened to first republic why did they go bust why weren't they able to use any of the fed's tools right if the, if the fed is so good at propping things up and making sure these banks don't go bust how are we having more banks go bust You see, what was the name of the facility? I'm not sure what the name of the facility was. As soon as the Fed set this up, the mainstream media comes out and says, oh, all our problems are solved. The Fed, they're, they're geniuses. Look, they just set up this new facility. Now, we never have to worry about another Silicon Bank because if there's a bank that gets into these types of problems, well, they can just access the Fed. And now the Fed has a solution for this problem. Obviously not based on what we saw over the weekend. Then you say, okay, George, well, last weekend, who cares? No big deal. I mean, this is the free market in action, right? Uh, Bank was going bust for whatever reason. They couldn't access the Fed and all of their bailouts. So they're able to go to JP Morgan. JP Morgan brings those assets, those liabilities onto their balance sheet. We got nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Let's move on. Oh, by the way, that unemployment rate's 3.5% and the economy's booming. Well, then two days later, two days later, we see this. The banking, the the regional banks are absolutely collapsing. You see where I'm going with this, guys? The argument that we won't have a GFC or that we won't have a recession or the yield curve is wrong is predicated upon whatever we're seeing right now. Well, this is just a one-off. This doesn't mean that it's going to get worse. This doesn't imply anything is going to happen in the future because this is just a couple of these regional banks and, you know, they go out of business. We see this all the time. And then it's just back to business as usual. How can you say that? In the face of everything that we're seeing play out right in front of our eyes. Let's look at some charts because this is where it really you start to see the impact of what's going on. Or this is when it this is when it gets real. <laughs> I think is the best way to say it. And this is not a six-month chart, by the way. This is a two-day chart. A two-day chart. We've got Western Alliance Bank Corp. Zion Bank Corp. Charles Schwab. Wow, they're down big too today. Huntington Bank Shares Inc. and then Pac West Corp. We mentioned that in the last video. This just in the last two days, we've got down eighteen percent, eleven percent, three percent, six percent, and twenty-six percent. And I think this is actually an old chart. I think this that was this morning. As of right now, they're down even more. In fact, it was because this is military time. That would have been the open maybe of the market this morning. And now I just saw on CNBC that PAC West is down 30%. So I would assume all the others are down even more as well. But again, guys, this is after Jamie Dimon comes out and says, we've got nothing to worry about. This is after the Fed sets up their facilities, after the Fed tells us that they've got all the tools to handle the problem. We still see the problems pop up. Why? Because they haven't solved anything. They don't even know what the problem is. Now, they have they had a chart here. Or here we go. Let's look at this. This is absolutely staggering. Because you guys know, and you've been following my videos, you know we've been talking about this problem with commercial real estate. Uh, everyone knows that I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. You know that there's a $20 trillion asset class that is currently imploding. And somehow, that... Isn't going to impact the banking system that isn't going to spill over into the stock market or the real economy. Come on, get real. Look at this. Look at this commercial real estate property type exposure as a percentage of average earning assets. So you got your balance sheet. What percentage, assuming all of them are, are earning interest or your entire balance sheets earning interest, what percentage is commercial real estate? Look at this bank, NYCB. Don't know what that is. New York City Bank, maybe something like that. 70%, 70% of its earning assets are in commercial real estate. Now, thank goodness it's multifamily and residential. (laughs) I mean, geez, can you imagine if that would have been in office or retail, anything else? I mean, I know Bank of the Ozarks is another one that's taking a massive hit recently, and we can see why. 34% of their assets, non-income producing and construction. Wait a minute here. Non-income producing? What? (laughs) How do they expect the person to pay back the loan if if there's no income? I would assume these are short-term like bridge loans for people buying, like uh, a Kenny McElroy is an example, needs to borrow $20 million to buy some property in which he is going to build on. And then he is taking out another loan for construction. And therefore, he's building something that will have cash flow. But the specific asset that the borrowed money is being used for itself does not produce income. I'm assuming. That's what this means. I would, and also because it says construction there. So, but, but think about that. How many of these big projects like the, you know, the the Kenny McElroys are doing or even bigger that are now going to be put on pause. And then if that, if they're not going to create that cash flow, well, then where are they going to get the income to pay back bank of the Ozarks? And then you say, oh, well, I guess that's why the stock is down 50% or whatever it's down. But this isn't just isolated to these few banks here. I mean, all of these banks, I mean, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, PNC, Wells Fargo. I mean, pick them. Now, of course, they don't have the massive exposure to commercial real estate, but they got exposure to something like the asset side of their balance sheet is something other than bank reserves. Right. And we saw with Silicon Valley Bank. They were supposed to be the, the the perfect model, of conservatism, of prudence, that the majority of the assets side of their balance sheet was in the safest safest of all safe assets, treasuries, and mortgage backed securities. They weren't dealing. Well, they might have a little bit, but they weren't dealing with these non-income producing construction loans. Now, of course, they were probably lending to non-income producing tech companies. <laughs> but that's a completely different story. Right? They had a large percentage of their balance sheet allocated to the most prudent asset. What happened to them? Poof. They go bust. So if they go bust, I mean, what happens to all these other banks? we're 70, 60, we have a 56%, 31%, 22%, 30%, 25, 22, all allocated to commercial real estate. And and let's just think about it. this. It's not like they can afford to take a haircut of 20% on the asset side of their balance sheet, just no big deal. I mean, think about the capital that most of these banks have. If they've got 70% on there, that's commercial real estate, if they take a, a 10% haircut, they're most likely toast. And that's assuming that they don't have all of the liability side of their balance sheet bounce to another bank because they're scared that they're going to be insolvent. Like as an example, if you were a client right now, a customer of Ozark Bank, and you saw this chart, what would you do? I can tell you what I would do. I would take my money out immediately and run as far away from that bank as I could possibly get. So why wouldn't their other customers do the exact same thing? And then if those deposits flee, well, now they're gonna have to fire sell all of these assets that are completely illiquid and in order to do so they're gonna have to take a massive haircut because who's going to buy that non income producing loan. Who's going to buy that construction loan from them so they can get the liquidity to satisfy their deposits leaving? Nobody. At least not at 100 cents on the dollar. Probably no one at even 50 cents on the dollar. So this puts them, obviously, in an extremely compromising position. But again, let's let's remember that their whole asset side of the balance sheet for all the banks, it's not like it's just bank reserves, for heaven's sakes, or quote-unquote cash. No. They've all got assets that can take a haircut and can take a haircut very quick especially if they have to fire sell them, because a lot of these assets aren't exactly liquid, to say the least. Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Got a quick question for you. Are you someone that realizes we are headed straight for an economic recession, maybe even worse? Do you also realize that the government is trying to restrict your freedom, liberty, and privacy on a daily basis? We've all heard in the news lately about central bank digital currencies. And it's not a matter of if we get them, it's simply a matter of when. But although you know we're facing all of these problems, you don't know what to do about it. How do you protect your wealth or grow your wealth when we're dealing with a very volatile economic environment? Or how do you maintain or increase your freedom and privacy when we have this woke Orwellian government that's trying to micromanage your life? Well, fortunately... Got some good news for you. I have set up an event that is focused on helping you, the rebel capitalist, find solutions to these problems. It's all set up to help you build wealth and thrive in this world of out of control central banks and big governments. That event is Rebel Capitalists Live. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's in Orlando, May 12th to the 14th. We're going to have speakers like Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney, Lynn Alden. Chris McIntosh, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, Robert Barnes, just to name a few. So to get more information on how you can attend this incredible event that's going to give you actionable intel that will help you prepare for the rest of 2023 and beyond, go to rebelcapitalistlive.com, and I will see you in Orlando. Let's get back to the Zero Hedge article. Looks like the big banks are are getting slammed as well. Of course, JP Morgan is getting slammed the least, least as you would expect, because most of these banks that will go bust will most, most likely go onto the balance sheet of JP Morgan. And how are they going to get the money to buy all these banks, you may ask? Well, if you saw my video yesterday, you know exactly how they're going to get the money. They're going to borrow it from you. Jamie Dimon is going to borrow it from the average Joe and Jane. And then what he's going to say is, yes, I will borrow the money from the average Joe and Jane. So I have no out-of-pocket cost to take on all these banks. But then what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that if I take any losses, then the losses are absorbed by the taxpayer, the average Joe and Jane. But I'm going to get the upside. So it's basically a free call option (laughs) on all these assets that he's getting for free. And then you say, "Oh well, Georgie's borrowing the money; he's gonna to have to pay it." In. right, right, right. Let's say he borrows the money from the taxpayer. What's Jamie Dimon's interest rate gonna be? Two percent, three percent, and what's the spread on what he's gonna make? Almost risk-free. Give me a break! That this is just this is crony capitalism at its finest. So now it talks about the intricacies of the market. Here we've got the VIX that's skyrocketing, as you would expect. Oh, one thing that I wanted to point out here. And we can see right on this chart, and Josh and I were just talking about this, the two-year yield has gone all the way back to 4%. So that's down, call it 15, 20 basis points on the day. On the day. Why is that? Because all these uh, banking stocks are collapsing. And what that tells the market, this is far from done as far as this crisis. The Fed has no clue what they're doing. And now the bond market is telling you Once again, they're predicting that the Fed is going to lower rates sooner than later. You know, we see this is a broken record as well. What happens is you see this Silicon Valley bank, you see Signature Bank, this crisis situation, and then the two-year treasury yield tanks, and then it gradually goes back up, gradually goes back up because people start to believe the media and they look at the unemployment rate. It's, oh, nothing to see here. No problems. 3.5%. Let's just sweep this one under the rug just whistle right by the graveyard. And so then, oh, we got to worry about inflation now. So then those yields go back up and then you see a first republic. Bam, then you see an Ozark. Then you see this chart that we're looking at where everything is hitting the fan and then those yields plummet back down to where they quote unquote probably should be. I don't know if I'm going to quote any experts on that, but let's just say where they should have been all along based on the risks that are right there in the system that are staring us right in our face. You know, I uh, put out a tweet the other day where I reminded people that back in January and February of 2020, I was doing videos on the Cervasus sickness. I mean, you guys that were following my channel back then, the George Gammon channel, I'm sure you remember a lot of those videos where I was saying, hey guys, this Cervasus sickness thing, you might want to pay attention to this. (laughs) This are not pretty high. We don't know what this thing's going to do, but it's most likely going to have a significant impact on the markets and possibly the whole entire world. And even in February, I remember the market going up and up and up and up. And I was just sitting there in disbelief. What what is going on here? How can they not see what is right in front of their face? And then it hits the fan in March. Finally, people wake up and realize, and the market just absolutely collapses. I've got the same exact vibe right now. When you're looking at all of these banks, all these regional banks, all these problems, and we're sitting here doing videos on it, well, the stock market is going up, 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 and just try to shrug it off. And you're sitting back and saying, how? How is this possible? Well, I think it's going to be the exact same thing. I don't know what it's going to be next month, the month after. At some point, the market is going to see what we all see, and it's going to freak out. And that's when you have the down. Fifteen hundred, down two thousand, down three thousand, types of days, and that's what will most likely prompt the Fed to drop rates, which uninverts the curve. That's when you get the recession. That's when unemployment goes up, and that's when we see the thrust, the the the, the major impact of whatever it is we're going to face here throughout the rest of 2023 and into 2024. Rate hike expectations plummet today. Gold spikes. Bitcoin spikes, oil prices tumbling. Is it time to panic? I'll let you be the judge. But at the very least, I think right now, the the data is saying you might not panic, but you got to pay attention to this. Because if you don't, you're going to be a victim of whatever it is that's coming our way. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. I cannot encourage you to to consider buying tickets to Rebel Capitalist Live ASAP. I mean, this stuff is playing out right in front of our eyes and you want those insights. You want to have that edge so you can protect yourself. You can protect your portfolio and hopefully take advantage of whatever crisis. You know, my buddy Kiyosaki always tells me, he says, the bigger the crisis, the bigger the opportunity. But you have to be prepared. You have to understand what's going on. And there's no better place to do that than Rebel Capitalist Live with speakers like Schiff and Maloney and Lynn Alden, Chris McIntosh, Peter, um, uh, excuse me, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, uh, just to name a few. So you can get your tickets at rebelcapitalistlive.com. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next video, and I'll see you in Orlando May 12th through the 14th.